and welcome to episode 14 of the Sheffield Digital Podcast. I'm joined as always by Mel Kanarek and Chris Diamond on this show and uh, we have uh, a couple of special guests. We have Rob Murphy who is from the Green Party and Hannah Kitching who is from the Liberal Democrats and they are both um, standing for mayor of Sheffield City Region. The elections are coming very soon if you uh, if you listen to this podcast promptly. Um, just a bit of clarity, we did ask all four of the major parties or candidates from the major parties to appear on this episode. Rob and Hannah obviously very kindly uh, came along. We asked Ian Walker from the Conservatives who couldn't make it, but he did send in a clip which is around 90 seconds long, something like that, which I will include after this conversation and you can get to hear what he said. And then finally, there is Dan Jarvis from Labour, who uh, didn't want to appear on a show like this, but did uh, attend a roundtable which Chris and Mel happened to be at um, earlier in the week. So you can get to hear their thoughts on what he had to say once we've done all of the other stuff I've just mentioned. Once we've finished with all of that, it's the usual news and updates from around the Sheffield digital community. Hope that all makes sense. Enjoy. So hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Um, I'm here with Chris Diamond, as always, hello. and also Rob Murphy from the Green Party. Hi, yeah, you're right. And Hannah Kitchen from the Lib Dems. Hi there. And uh, Rob and Hannah are both candidates in the upcoming election for Sheffield City Region Mayor. Um, and we've just invited them in for a bit of a chat. And to start off with, we have our kind of big opener question that um, we put to Dan Jarvis when we met him earlier in the week. And uh, we've also put to Ian Walker of the Conservatives. We'll hear from him a bit later. But um, Hannah, if maybe I can start with you and mm -hmm. say, what's your long-term vision for the region and what role does digital play in that? Well, it is a very big question, Mel, as you, as you have said. But I think, you know, my long-term vision for the region really is in a in a very sort of overarching sense, to make South Yorkshire the best place for people to live, to work, to invest, to raise their families. And I'm sure you will agree that digital play is an absolutely massive part of that because it is, as you've just said, the fastest growing industry. Um, I think we've got a situation in this region where we've got a really good history in industries like manufacturing, you know, there's a long heritage of that. And a lot of people find that maybe the industries they used to be involved in are, are no longer the future. And so, yeah, that's where digital comes in, really, in terms of moving this region forwards, creating opportunities for young people across the region, creating opportunities for some of those older people. We've got a lot of, you know, talent, I'm sure, out there. And um, people who are a bit older maybe find themselves at a crossroads or, or out of work. And we'd like to have a big role in, in creating skills and learning-based opportunities to bring those people into the digital industry. We also, we're very business-focused in the Lib Dems. Um, me and my husband own actually a manufacturing business ourselves. So, you know, we're not just kind of theorizing, you know, we, we do actually own small business and we know how hard it is for small and startup businesses to grow into medium and large businesses. And 
we've got a vision for kind of like a business development and growth hub that provides support, resource, finance to allow small businesses to grow. And my understanding is that a lot of those small and startup businesses, you know, are within the digital sector. So yeah, it's about being ambitious for the region. It's about wanting to in- increase the economic growth and prosperity of, of the region. And it is a real pleasure for me to come here today because, um, you know, I, I, I don't mind saying that digital is not my area of expertise. And so it's it's always really exciting to, you know, to learn about about things that you could know more about and 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 sort of work together to find out how, how it fits into our vision for a, a really successful South Yorkshire. That's great. Thank you. So we'll come back and pick up some of those points, but um, perhaps Rob's turn now on that same question. So your vision. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, um, South Yorkshire's economy is, is sort of trundled along at the bottom of a lot of economic tables for decades. So what we really need is, is, is a new economy, a prosperous economy in South Yorkshire, building on the skills that we've got from the past, but also looking into new technologies and new opportunities. So Digital is obviously a massive part of that because it's a massive new industry. Um, that's it. For me, it's sort of it's it's about connectivity. So I mean, part of the the mayor's role is connecting people up. Obviously, that that can be transport, which is a big part of the mayoral role, but it can also be digital. Mm. So um, connectivity is a massive massive thing. So you're talking about things like spreading the high speed broadband out into the whole of South Yorkshire. So at the moment, sort of the the cities and the towns do okay, but if you're out in the sticks, then you have to struggle. So that's that's a big part of that. Uh, another thing is inclusivity. So I want to make sure that everyone's involved in 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 the new economy and the new uh, new South Yorkshire, if you like. And and to do that, I think there's eight million people in the country that don't use the internet. Um, we need to be sort of educating those that don't know how to use it, especially sort of the older generation. I mean, it's, 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 it's a massive thing for sort of the older generation to be connected up to people because that's when you lose your mobility. You want to be connected with people. Maybe you can't get out. Maybe the bus service isn't running anymore or you've got mobility problems. The internet is, is just a, such an opportunity for connecting people up. I mean, I went to um, Sheffield Carers last week just and, and they were talking about how a lot of people who are looking after people are, are elderly connecting them up with people that are sort of in the same situation is is a major part of what they try and do but that's difficult because if you're caring for someone you've not you've not always got the time to do that but obviously using social media or or social connections on the internet is a massive opportunity for for helping people get out of that isolation and um I think finally you're looking at opportunities so opportunities for young people um the internet is kind of they they know how to use it it's just maybe guiding them to using it in the ways that, that can benefit them sort of economically and how um things like starting businesses up and, and and things like that to to sort of give young people opportunities as well okay thanks so, yeah um so there are a few things there. there's obviously um an issue around skills and mm. you know we recognize that Neither of you have, you know, in the digital sector or, you know, probably haven't had the opportunity to get out and meet digital business mm. people. Um, but one of the big issues that we have is there's just not enough talent. You know, there's a real shortage of um experienced people, but also younger people coming in or people coming in, you know, from other 
areas and, and retraining or, or uh, starting their careers afresh. Um, and, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time talking to the universities, to the college, to the UTCs and addressing that. But I wondered if you had any thoughts on how we could do a better job as a region of retaining the talents that we do have, but also attracting people from elsewhere to come and live and work here. I mean, is that a is that a genuine lack of talent, Mel, or is it a lack of awareness out there about the career options available within I th- digital? I think it's a mix of the two. I mean, there, there's there are genuinely not enough people to fill all the jobs that are available. Wow. Okay. So we see, you know, jobs stay open on our jobs board for a long time. Um, and I go out and talk to employers a lot and it's the first thing on their mind mm. is difficulty attracting talent. But I think you're absolutely right that we need to do more to explain to people the sorts of jobs that there are in digital mm. and how you get into them because it's not necessarily, oh, you've got to have a computer science degree. So yeah. a bit of both. So I think there's something really important there in terms of working with with further education and higher education institutions, but also, you know, it sounds like going lower down as well and working with schools. Um, I mean, I'm sort of trying to think back to the careers advice that I got in school, which is obviously quite a long time ago now. Um, But I suppose it sounds to me like there's a, um, some profile raising to be done. Um, you know, I, I'm probably, I've got two little girls. And if they said to me, mummy, what jobs are there in the digital industry? You know, I would, I could probably scrape around for some examples, but, you know, I, I think I would struggle to know about what the opportunities are, what you need to access those opportunities and, you know, where those opportunities could take you. Um, and, you know, I suppose if I feel like that, I, you know, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably not alone. So yeah, definitely linking up with the education institutions across the board and I guess highlighting some really clear pathways into the industry. So one of the things we've been talking about um, in terms of the mayoral role is offering apprenticeships to all school, all school leavers. So working with the further education institutions. So rather than a uh, academic higher, in, in higher education route, offering an apprenticeship to all school leavers and also offering apprenticeships to those people I was talking about who were who were maybe older in life, you know, maybe, you know, I think I've had, so I've had a change of career. I'm a qualified physiotherapist and, you know, I'm not a physiotherapist anymore. And it, it's, it was a very hard transition for me to stop being a physiotherapist, even though I had a lot of reasons for doing so. And I think when someone's done a certain job in a certain industry for a long time you know transitioning away from that can be really hard so providing support for those people and yet you know again just making them some real profile raising and marketing I guess working with all of your companies everyone in the sector as well as the education institutions to to raise that awareness and the other thing that I think is really really key in this is the transport infrastructure so my understanding is that digital industry is quite city centric. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, tends to attract people who, who, you know, like to work city central, who like to live potentially, you know, more, more centrally. Um, I guess there's potential, you know, to expand that out across the other 
urban hubs that we have within South Yorkshire. So grow what you're doing so well in Sheffield, across Rotherham, Doncaster and um, Barnsley. Mm. But I would suspect that there's actually a colossal amount of talent and willingness in all of those areas that, you know, that, that kind of fall between. I mean, I live in Penniston, so out in the sticks. And, you know, I'm sure there's lots of young people in, in where I live who would love to access some of these new, fast-moving, future-proofed opportunities. But our transport infrastructure and our transport network is just so poor. You know, I've, I've come here today in the car because getting here on public transport, it would have just genuinely taken me two to three times as long. Mm-hmm. And um, again, you know, for young people, not everyone has a car. You know, you, you, you're then looking for a certain type of person with a certain type of resource. So I think a massive part of this role is improving that transport infrastructure, you know, across the board to make it easier to travel around South South Yorkshire because then people can access the opportunities that are available to them. It also seems to me as well, this is maybe a bit of a punt in the dark, but, you know, this is the digital industry. There's surely a huge amount of potential for remote working and, you know, working from home and, yeah, if we can get that high-speed broadband out to our sticks, I know a lot of people that would be happy about that. And I guess that then just opens up your your work marketplace, your jobs marketplace immensely. It means you're not pulling from quite such a small pool. Mm. Any thoughts, Rob? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we, you're talking about a skills shortage, and there's 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 two two ways of coming at that. First of all, is, is like bringing new people in, and the other thing is retaining the people that you've already got. So uh, one of the beauties of devolution, if it, if it works properly, I mean, it, there is some money coming down for, for adult skills from central government. So the mayor would have a, a say in how that was spent, not necessarily, it's not the person who decides how it's spent, but we'll, we'll have a say in it. And w- what I'm looking for is, is really bringing all the people involved together. So it's t- you're talking about the training providers you're talking about the education people like the universities and the schools. You're talking about the people, the kids coming up and, and, and some sort of repre- representation for people, students coming out of university. And you're also talking about um, sort of us as, as, as the authorities, getting all those people together in a room and discussing how we can provide the training that we want to provide. So it's, not, it's no longer government deciding how we, we do training in this area. It's us. So we need to get all the people who have a stake in that together in the same room to to, to sort out how we do that. Mm. Um, the other part, like we say, retention. Um, from what I'm hearing, there's Sheffield has a huge uh, Sheffield City region has a, a loss of graduates. The graduates finish college, t- try desperately to find something to do, and then end up moving somewhere else because they can't find that. Um, for me, it's about building up small businesses so that they're at the stage of taking on graduates. Um, I'm very much more interested in small businesses building up rather than trying to attract the big companies that that come in, maybe spend a lot of money when they come in, but then shoot off somewhere else when somebody offers them more. I want to to sort of support the, the, the small and local businesses that actually have a stake in the area, the ones that are going to stay around, help them to grow and help them sort of bring on the bring on the graduates that are coming out of the universities and, and the sort of 
talented people. Um, could you both um, maybe just explain what kind of um, responsibilities or um, control that the mayoral office will provide over things like the education budget and the transport budget? <clears throat> Yeah, so I mean, it's all been a little bit woolly in terms of the. Good luck with this one. In terms of, yeah, in terms of the Sheffield City Region deal. So, the, I mean, but we do have, a, although things are a little unclear as to the specifics of what the mayor in, in Sheffield City Region will have and will be able to do, I think what's really helpful is that we do have an element of precedent here. So, there was a deal signed off by the Four South Yorkshire Council leaders in 2015. Mm-hmm. So, to me, you know, that, that provides. We're not we're not starting from a blank page here. We've, you know, we've got something to work on, which did talk quite specifically um, about some budget around transport and particularly bus franchising and some stuff around skills as well. The other thing that I think is really important to pick up is that there are other metro mayors across the country who've been doing this job for twelve months now. Mm-hmm. So you know, you've got Andy Burnham in Greater Manchester. Steve Rotherham in Liverpool City Region, Andy Street down in the West Midlands, and you know, in, in each of those, you've got a big city hub, Manchester, Liverpool, Birmingham, where I'm presuming, so for one, there's going to be big digital industries in each of those cities. And I know what's really fantastic about this role is that, you know, to an extent, well, we've, we've all been having a good sort of political squabble over the last week or two, but it is above party politics to an extent, because what you've got is once these mayors are in situ, they're actually working together. So you've got, you know, Andy Burnham, Labour guy in Greater Manchester, who's working with Andy Street, who's a Conservative man down in the West Midlands, because they want the same thing, which is improved devolution powers and bigger pots of cash for their region. Mm -hmm. So you've got people putting party politics aside and working together. And I know one of the things they're working on specifically at the moment is that devolution of the adult skills budget has been delayed until 2019. Now, that is something that they were all promised, and they are all therefore working together as a group. To make on, sure that happens. To make sure that happens and to make sure it happens as quickly as possible and as robustly as possible. So, you know, if I'm elected mayor, but genuinely whoever is elected mayor will then become part of that group of mayors around the country who are all working together to draw down better powers, better pots of money for their region. And you've got you know, these people have already been been at these jobs for a year. So while this is a, there's been a lot of talking down of this role and how it's going to have no money and no powers and, you know, they won't know what they're doing. It's really undefined. Mm. I don't think that's true at all because you've, you know, you've got Metro mayors in existing city regions who are already doing this job and who I'm sure will be more than willing to collaborate. That's something that's really important for me. Share best practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and work together to get better powers drawn down. I mean, do you see it the, the same way, Rob? And do you think that the Sheffield City region metro mayor is going to be have this, as solid a footing underneath themselves as Manchester, I mean, not, Liverpool? Not at the beginning, not at all. Um, I think what we've found is that the council leaders of the four authorities, because they can't agree, have have set this this city region back at least a year. Um, uh, the the actual powers that the mayor has at the moment is that is sort of the franchising of the bus service. They can say it goes ahead. They can't decide that it goes ahead, but they have the authority to to do it. Um, but then there's also the chairing of the combined authority, and that's obviously the going to be the one that um, uh, a lot of them the 
devolution from government will come to. Mm. I mean, there's also the local enterprise partnership, which is a, another board that has has the mayor on them, on it. But that's that sort of that's a private sector uh, quango, mm-hmm. if you like, and it's 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 the private sector can decide what it wants to do, and the public authorities can't stop them. But obviously, that depends on who's on that board. I think the private sector has understands the sense of working with the with the public sector in in that so uh, hopefully that's a positive thing but in the combined authority it's it, it is it, it's a mess at the moment mm. um there are huge opportunities if, if we can sort it out and and get everyone to working together and and bringing more powers down from government and joining up with the other uh, metro mayors there's huge opportunities there, but at the moment we're sort of stagnated in this sort of no man's land in in, in South Yorkshire, mm-hmm. and, arguing and over a one Yorkshire deal as opposed to the. It's not. The, I don't. Think, yeah, I mean, kind of. It's partly that, but I mean that. that I'm sure we could get round that. I think there's some sort of historical um, sort of personality problems in in, in the in the combined authority, mm-hmm. and, and and obviously the mayor's going to have to try and sort that out. Um, I think that that's that's not going to be an easy job, but I think it needs someone with a mandate because the, the mayor will have a bigger mandate than any politician in the region. So hopefully they can use that to, to push through um, a, 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 a sense that we're working together because I think what's happened in South Yorkshire historically is, is money comes down from government and the four regions cut it up. Mm-hmm. and go off and do their own thing with those bits of the cake, if you like. Whereas what I've been wanting to do is get everyone working together, be more inclusive, bring in other parties that aren't the, the single political party that runs the runs South Yorkshire, bring the other parties into that and, and just get an inclusive combined strength out of it that, that's not there at the moment. Um, I mean, I, th- I think, again, you know, I think there's a lot of, I hear a lot of negativity about this role and I hear a lot of negativity about the region and I think that the sort of constant talking down of Clefield City region of South Yorkshire you know it's, it's not doing anyone any favours really I really want to flip that on its head you know I, I'm I can bring some real perspective to this situation I've lived and worked in Manchester I've lived and worked in Leeds and you know this region is falling behind those areas and I think a big part of that is this inward lookingness this sort of negativity you know this other places are better than us you know let's let's just flip that on our head and start talking up let's start talking up South Yorkshire because there's absolutely no reason whatsoever why this region cannot be thriving prosperous just as successful as the other city regions and I think again you know there's a precedent here it's my understanding that um you know Andy Street was elected totally unexpectedly down in the West Midlands there's a lot of Labour councils in the West Midlands and he was elected as a Conservative mayor and I'm I'm under the understanding that he's had a real battle on his hands bringing you know bringing those councils together but it can be done you know I'm a I'm a physiotherapist by trade and what physios do is they solve problems. I'm a real problem solver. You know, I'm, there's always a solution. There's always a way to work forwards. And I think if you come into something with that kind of real positive can do, you know, winning kind of an attitude that does, that rubs off on people. You know, I've, I've no interest in going back over 20 years of Labour Party internal squabbles. 
doesn't, it doesn't interest me. <laughs> you know, we get, you know, I have enough of that at home with my kids. We need to park that. Look at what great work has been doing in other regions. Be ambitious. Let's be really ambitious for this region. Really ambitious, really positive and excited about, you know, the opportunities that are on the table, not all kind of doom and gloom about it. And, you know, let's start re- moving this region forwards. And, you know, I'm sure that it sounds to me like the digital industry is a real kind well, of positive, can-do, fast-paced, moving forward kind of an industry. It not to be bothered too much by local politics. Yeah, no, we just matter. get on with it. Yes, <laughs> let's, you know, let's just park stuff. Let's say, well, you know, how can we move forward? How can we make this a truly mm. amazing place to live, to work and invest? Yeah, and, and and get going. That's what that's what I want to do. So I, I think you know you'll find no shortage of that kind of optimism and uh, forward-looking approach yeah. in the digital industries. That's, that's how how like. we roll. Um, I would like to come back to one other thing, if you're okay for a couple more minutes. Um, we have uh, an issue. I don't know if it's you know particularly serious in this region, mm. but we don't start up enough viable businesses. Mm. And when we do start them up, we don't grow them properly. Um, and in digital, you know, everyone thinks, you know, digital's all about the startup. It's, you know, the, the two people in a coffee shop with their laptops making some new product and that kind of thing. And, you know, the next thing you know, they're in Silicon Valley with VC money being showered on them. It doesn't work quite like that. Um, but I think... Uh, as a city region, it's something that we urgently need to address. Mm. We need to get much better at, and we need to encourage many more people to take that leap. If you could very quickly, what sort of things do you think the mayor could do to help in that area? I mean, we've got a really specific plan around this in terms of setting up a small business growth and development hub. You know, We, we own a small business. It's a different sector, but can we, I, we know sorry, how go on. can I just ask how is that different from the, the Sheffield City growth Region hub. Growth Hub that the LEP runs at the moment? Well, you're going to have to give me a bit more detail on that. Okay, well that that would take ages, but there okay. there is there, there's a, a an offer from the Sheffield City Region Local Enterprise Partnership yeah. called the Growth Hub, and it has startup support mm-hmm. and various other bits in it. But anyway, tell tell us more about your vision. So for I that. guess it's a case of you know if basically building on those foundations and, you know, and, and growing that out across all the different sectors and, and drawing on, you know, it's not about saying that there isn't already good things happening in the region because, you know, of course there are. I mean, you know, we've got the advanced manufacturing park, which is a, you know, a real kind of shining light for the region. But we know that getting to that size, yet yeah, getting to Silicon Valley is out of the reach of you know, of so many people. And what we want to do is, you know, if, if small businesses grow into medium and large businesses, you're increasing your workforce. So you're creating job opportunities. And you're also, when you increase productivity, you can allow for wage growth. Um, and it's, I guess it's about putting specific resources in to different industries that, you know, that they need. So I'm guessing that, you know, digital needs a lot of kind of office space, a lot kind of shared, you know, you don't need massive great big factories, mm. but you need, you need office space, you need somewhere that's accessible, you know, somewhere that's uh, well connected, 
you know, shared spaces like these. And possibly, I know there's a, um, is it the Electric Works does a lot of this kind of stuff. So you shared kind of secretarial and, and HR and admin type. So that those little kind of one and two person startups, you can't afford to employ an accountant and you can't afford to employ an HR department. And it's really just about building on that because we know that that's already happening and we know that it's really, really good work. So formalizing it, expanding it, replicating it across the whole region so that people are not, you know, constrained by, you know, if you live on the far side of Doncaster and you want to start a digital startup, we don't want to say, well, you can only have support to grow that if you lit, if you move it into Sheffield city center you know, we want that person to be able to grow their business where they are, because again, you're then creating job, you know, creating job opportunities in a different part of the region. So I guess it's just you know, yeah, building on what's already happening and making it happen more because it's obviously not sufficient. Mm. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a problem. Yeah. Well, um, well, there's a, there's a few things that I mean, I'm a small businessman myself, not in the digital sector, but um, there's a few things that that we could be doing to encourage small businesses. Um, I know one of the big problems in small businesses is payment on time. So there is something called the Prompt Payment Code where the government's trying to encourage big business to uh, pay the dues in a, in a reasonable time. Um, that's something we want to be promoting uh, as, a, as a mayor. Um, and also that, I mean, that's, that also means sort of shaming companies that aren't doing it. Um, I think that what happens is when you sign the contract, everything's sweet and nice, but once you get into it, that's when you notice the problem. So if people were realising before they signed the contract that big companies were bad payers, then uh, they might not be signing those contracts, which would in turn change the big companies to start paying on time. So that's one of the uh, first things that I know small businesses struggle with. Um, I've, I've said that I'd set up an innovation fund, so that is a, that is a, a fund. It's easy to say, it's easy to say I do, but obviously... Um, I know it has been done in other places where you can encourage lo- local businesses to invest in other local businesses through an innovation fund. So that would be obviously something that the digital sector, I would think, would be interested in, seeing as it's such a fast-moving and, and, and innovative, uh, in, in, I can't say it now, <laughs> innovative, you know, forget it, that, that sector. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is sort of breaking up contracts. So there's a lot of big contracts, especially with local authorities, where yeah. they use um, efficiencies of scale if you like mm. but that it means that only the sort of big companies can bid for them so one of the things i'll be looking for is breaking up those contracts into smaller manageable sizes for small companies of which some is going on already in sheffield yeah <laughs> great <Good>. um yes <laughs> um yeah i just wondered if um you've got any questions for us or if there's anything that you'd like to know about the digital e- economy and digital industries locally yeah, I mean, probably everything. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask. I mean, you know, if I, I get elected next week, I'll be giving you, I'll be giving you a ring without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. That's good to hear. I, that diary's going to fill up. I didn't want to put you on the spot, but I was wondering whether you were aware of any of you know digital companies that have been successful, or whether you you know of any of uh, of Sheffield's shining lights in digital. Um, it's probably one of those where I've, you probably heard of them, but you didn't realise they're from Sheffield. So that, might, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Does, um, I think Plusnet's probably the obvious one, yeah. isn't it? Really for everybody, but um, yeah, I know there's a, a, 
like I say, you put me on the spot there. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I knew I would. <laughs> as soon as I'm out the door, I'll come. I'll ring you back up with a few. No, I mean, you know, I, I don't mind admitting that. You know, I'm I'm not aware. I mean, I'm not Sheffield based. Hmm. You know, myself and our from a business point of view, our fo- you know our focus is is very much manufacturing. And but I think that's what's really exciting about you know this this role is that you know, with the, the with the best will in the world, there's not a single candidate on that ballot paper that knows everything about every, you know, about every single yeah, industry aspect. that, you know, that, that's there. It's, it's completely impossible. But I guess, you know, I'm always super willing to learn. I love, I love learning new things. And it will just be, it will just be a real pleasure to kind of connect with all of these different industries and, you know, find out how we can how we can help because I do genuinely think that this is a really exciting opportunity for the region if it's used properly and not used as a bit of a political beating stick yeah. I think you know I think it's a good opportunity for all the industries across the region and it sounds like digital is you know the way in the light yeah <laughs> yes well I mean the sector's booming um but still maybe doesn't get as much attention as it as it should do yeah. um, so, so you can rest assured yeah. you know if if you are successful yeah. then we'll be beating down your door for that next yeah. meeting so I got, i've got a question for you then if there is one thing that you could do as mayor what would you want that mayor to do i would like the mayor to focus on identifying the stuff that's already working mm and amplifying and extending that. And so not not trying to come up with lots of brand new things to yeah. throw resource into, but hmm. there's so much good stuff already yeah. going on, but it needs resource, it needs um, communicating, it needs sharing, it yeah. needs spreading out around the region. So that would be mine. Hmm. I mean, uh, I'd want yeah. the mayor to, to, just to, to, to clue up all of, are you know institutions, economic and political institutions? Mm. There needs to be more understanding of the digital economy and the digital industry amongst policymakers, and because it's, yeah. it's often seen as an underpinning technology, yeah. it's seen as affecting the broader economy more widely, um, but is maybe overlooked as a sector in its own right. Yeah. And I think yeah. people tend to see technology, digital technology, as a tool or a means to an end, um, whereas you know the really um, transformational aspects of it um, are you know to focus on on the technology. So yeah. technology companies that go into retail uh, mm. outperforming retail companies that are mm. adopting technology yeah i mean um, i think i think that's what is so exciting about this role is that it's you, you you've got the potential to only have to go to one person to get you know to affect change across the whole you know across the whole of the region and, and that's what that's why i think it is such an exciting role you know what, what i want to do is get away from these you know, these kind of council boundaries. You know, I live on the cusp of the boundary between Barnsley and, and, and Sheffield Council. And it's really, you know, it's really tiresome. Oh, well, you know, they're in Sheffield, so they get this, and we're in Barnsley, so we get that. It's People find it tiresome, you know, lines on maps, mm. and they're false lines on maps mm. in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, this really gives the potential to develop, invest in, grow the digital industry you know, across the whole, across the whole region. And that just, I mean, that just massively expands on opportunities for the sector. It's a really, you know, it's a really powerful role because this mayor will have the casting vote as well, of course, you know, in, in the the cabinet of the four South Yorkshire council leaders. And so I do think it genuinely, if the right person is elected, 
has the potential to kind of break down some of those political walls and, you know, like I've said, move the region forwards. Yeah, I mean, for me, we've we've spent a lot of time uh, as politicians talking about the powers and money that politician this politician will or won't have. But the biggest thing really is is so one is influence, but two is sort of the the attention they're going to get. And now, if they use that properly and they use it to promote South Yorkshire, it can be a huge thing for South Yorkshire. And for me, one of the most important parts of that is is who people vote into that role and that that will send a signal to the rest of the country either that it's business as usual or that South Yorkshire is ready to change and and, and bring in the new world. <laughs> that sounds like a really good point to wrap up on. Yeah, thanks very much. <laughs> Thank you so much, both of you. It's been great talking to you. Cheers. Thank great. you. So that was our conversation with Hannah Kitching from the Liberal Democrats and Rob Murphy from the Green Party. We also got in touch with Ian Walker from the Conservatives and we asked him the following question. What's your long-term vision for the region and what role does digital play in that? And he recorded this response. As the Conservative candidate for the Mayor of Sheffield City Region, my vision is that we need a region that's based around gainful employment being the best way to improve people's prospects, increase social mobility and reduce hardship. Since 2010, we've seen unemployment fall by over 40%, and in some constituencies such as Sheffield Hallam, Don Valley and Rother Valley, it's fallen by over 50%. However, to encourage more businesses to grow or invest, whether local companies or those from outside, we need to demonstrate not only that we have the depth of training and skills required, but also that we are a region that is serious about infrastructure. That infrastructure includes a strong digital infrastructure. This government's ambition is to make sure the UK has better digital connectivity wherever people live, work and travel. Superfast broadband is now available to 95% of the UK premises and rollout will continue to cover the majority of the remaining premises. By 2020, the universal service obligation will give everyone the legal right to high-speed broadband at 10 megabits per second or faster. If elected, my role as mayor will to make sure this happens right across Sheffield City region as soon as possible. I want superfast broadband available to 100% of premises as soon as possible. Ultimately, I want high-speed broadband for South Yorkshire to exceed the legal minimum speeds so that everyone can benefit for work or pleasure. It will be a vital part of boosting the economy in South Yorkshire for those businesses here and those we wish to attract from across the country and the world. As a Conservative, I have the ear of government to demonstrate that South Yorkshire is serious about developing a prosperous future with an important digital backbone. Back to me again. And the following conversation is just me and Chris and Mel uh, reflecting on what we'd heard from uh, Rob and Hannah and um, and talking about the uh, the roundtable with Dan Jarvis and Chris and Mel give their thoughts on what he had to say um, about uh, the upcoming mayoral election and his plans and his thoughts on digital too. And we start with some very mild banter, as I believe people call it. Okay, so very interesting conversations that we've just heard. Um, I'm getting such stick off Chris Diamond today. I can't Why? even begin to tell you. Why? It's perfectly fine that you went to Berlin for a weekend. 
Okay, absolutely so, fine. So our listeners really don't want to hear about that. Um, but what they do want to know is uh, what's the story going on here? So we've heard from, uh, we had two of the candidates in here for the, an actual interview with yep. us. We heard from the Conservative who sent us his stuff. We yep. should also mention that on Monday, mm-hmm. There was a round table with Dan Jarvis. Now, Dan is MP for Barnsley at the moment mm-hmm. and the Labour candidate for mayor. Yeah. And he, we approached him in collaboration with Kodak um, initially to ask him to take part in a debate. So we were going to see if we could set, set up a debate with as many of the candidates as we could. Yeah. He declined that, but did say that he would be happy to do a roundtable. So we went ahead and organised that, which is why Dan wasn't here doing this podcast today. So it probably made sense for us to talk a little bit about that roundtable and then perhaps reflect on what we've heard. Yeah, do you want to just explain quickly who Kodak are? Yeah, so Kodak are a national policy organisation for the digital industries. Mm -hmm. Um, They're very small. It's kind of basically one man and a board i think mm. um but at the moment I think at the moment they're hiring a couple yeah but uh very influential they do some great research mm. they do a lot of lobbying um dominic hallis who's the guy who runs it mm. um strikes me as being very politically savvy and he knows yeah. how to get in and talk to the people so they do a lot of lobbying they're a good organization to know i think yeah yes and and they're they're looking to get out of Westminster a bit and out into the regions and, and you know, lobby on behalf of the tech industry and especially startup, you know, tech startups mm. um, in the devolved regions. And, and so the mayoral elections are quite in, interesting to them. So uh, it was a great partnership to, to work with them to put a round table on. And we had a bunch of um, local tech companies around the table, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tech companies, university, mm-hmm. um, Barnsley DMC. Barnsley DMC. So Tracy came over. So a really good cross section. Um, Fiona Melville, ADV. who works for Accelerated mm. oh, uh, Digital Ventures, uh, she came as well. So we had kind of the investor viewpoint as well. So um, we put the same first question to Dan, and then the conversation just went quite wide ranging around mm. the table. Um, I think the thing that was most noticeable for me is that um, perhaps unlike the people we've other people we've heard from today, Dan does actually have a fairly good understanding of the digital industries and of what state they are in in the region and what potential they could bring to the region. So um, that that was quite obvious to me as a, perhaps a key point of difference. Yeah, but I mean, I think the first point I made was in his opening sort of remarks about it, he mentioned creative and digital in the same breath several times. Yeah. I think it's still, as a sector, it's still regarded as being part of the creative industries or connected to the creative industries. Um, So which the digital, you know, digital creative is a subsector and there is a lot of overlap between creative and digital, but that's not the whole of the digital sector. And actually I pointed out that looking around the, the table, the tech companies that that were there, none of them would really regard themselves as being in the creative industries. Yeah. Um, and that, but equally, you know, he was talking about the digital um, economy um, more than he was talking about the digital industry. So, you know, the idea that, that 
digital technology underpins and and um, is an important component of in of, of across you know different you know all the sectors in the British economy um, without really understanding or being able to define what the digital economy a digital industry is or or how the what it is sectorally if you like mm. um, so I think yes I mean he's he's more experienced and and he's got more of a um, an, an understanding of of economics um, of or certainly of um, he's been very well briefed on economics and the economic situation um, in the country and locally. And as an MP, he, he would he needs to have that. Um, but I, I, you know, I still think there's not enough understanding at policy level locally um, in terms of you know really understanding the nuance and the subsectors and what's important and how these industries work. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you on that. It was also interesting for me that he focused in quite a lot on the um, Channel Four bid. Hmm. Um, and it seems to have latched onto that as an opportunity to really um, shout about the region and, and what we could become. And he mentioned a number of times about being ambitious, and that's something that Hannah also talked about is being ambitious and being positive and putting strong messages out rather than being the downtrodden region. So that was quite interesting. Um, also, when we were talking about skills, um, Dan talked about doing a, a an external communications job for the region. So talking yeah. talking us up outside of the region, which is something that I didn't really pick up from the other people that we've heard from. Um, and so he talked about a, a big branding and communications piece for the region needed and that that would be one of the ways that we could build the skills pipeline. So attract talent from elsewhere to, to get them to come here. Yeah. So um, that was notable, I think. Yeah, I, th I think in, in the main, it was he, he said all the things you'd expect an, an experienced politician to be saying. Mm. Um, I think, I think for me, and and you know, with the others we've heard from, um, you know, the the mayoral election kind of presents a point of discontinuity in local politics and local policy making. So, you know, there's, there's an opportunity for for you know new people with a new focus and you know reevaluation of of the local economy and what's important and what isn't and how resources should be allocated and you know what kind of messages we should be putting out and um and I think I think there's there's a lot more to engage with in terms of the digital industries now than there have been in the past. Um, but also, you know, all of the all of the candidates we've spoken to have been very clear that they will they will come back, and they will they will engage with the with the, the with our, mm. you know, tech sector, um, no matter what the outcome of the of the mayoral election. And so, you know, to be able to have established relationships and to and to be able to talk to them and educate them and to get them involved in things that are going on that we know about and are involved in and also to influence some of the things that they want to do in, and develop their thinking that's that's the promise that's why yeah i feel quite positive and confident after the week we've had absolutely is sheffield digital doing that represent thing that yes. we do so well <laughs> I, think, I think the thing one of the things i find most interesting is I don't think we're necessarily in a sort of a tech slash digital bubble, those of us who work in it every day. Um, everyone's in bubbles. Everyone's in bubbles. That's a good name for a Lost Morrissey <laughs> single. Um, Jesus. <laughs> Please really no. Please no. <laughs> we don't really talk about Morrissey anymore. We're not, not allowed, are we? Um, what on earth was I saying? Um, but you kind of you kind of feel like, or I, can't, I guess I'll speak for myself, I feel like... Um, 
more, I feel like digital is, you know, every job is more or less digital now. You feel like everyone has the, as a basic understanding of, of what that means, or, or or at least not necessarily what's going on in the city. I don't expect fine details, but I kind of, I, I kind of, I need to remind myself sometimes that not everyone is as digitally savvy, I believe the word is, as, as perhaps um, I am or we are. Yeah, I mean, if you think, so we always, we talk about advanced manufacturing as being such a big deal in the region. Um, and and it certainly is. And there are lots of people doing really exciting jobs in advanced manufacturing. Um, I don't have the foggiest idea what half of them are doing. You know, I've been up to the AMRC and and wandered around Factory 2050 and admired the robots and, and played with hollow lenses and all that stuff that I love to do. Um, but in terms of really having any kind of, like say being able to answer a young person's questions about what sort of things might be going on, then I... I probably couldn't do that. And perhaps it's unrealistic of us to expect people from outside our industry to know that much about us. Mm. Well, I might talk about this a bit later on, but I was at a, I was at a um, lunch roundtable organised by KPMG and Business Cloud yesterday uh, with another set of local um, tech and IT companies and some manufacturers. And it's quite interesting hearing sort of similar parallel concerns from manufacturing, you know, that, that kids don't see what the modern advanced manufacturing roles are and, you know, may well go into the industry and, and, you know, never see a pool of oil. I think one of the comments was, you know, these are, these are clean modern environments. Most of the, most of the, uh, most of the work is done on screen. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, that, that whole industry is now increasingly realizing that it needs to compete with the incumbent tech industry for talent. And, you know, that's a, it's going to squeeze skills, but it's also, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how how that their culture is able or not able to attract talent, you know, in the same way that other digital cultures mm. are. Yeah. Chris, you said you felt positive and reassured by the week you've had speaking to all the candidates. Do you feel the same, Mel, and and, and why? Um, Dramatic pause. I'm going to leave that in. I'm not going to edit that pause too out. Jaded. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we're both too jaded, really. Do, but I, feel positive, <laughs> do I feel positive and reassured? Mm. Uh, no, sorry. Um, I definitely don't feel reassured. I think that whoever gets this job has got going to have a real challenge on their hands just getting the combined authority and like the four authorities to work together yeah. and to start to, to think about the good of the region as a whole and not their own patch. Um, I'm probably being very politically incorrect here, but I, I think that's that's going to be a challenge. So it's going to take, you know, whoever gets that job has got to be able to seriously bang heads together and build coalitions and get people to see a bigger vision than their own doorstep. And I think that's a challenge culturally for this region. I don't think we're very good at having that big picture and thinking further ahead. So my my one glimmer of positivity is that maybe finally we'll be able to pull down some of that 30 million pounds a year that we've not been getting, which just really, really pisses me off. You know, the fact that there is money sitting there waiting to come our way and it's not. If we finally get hold of some of that, then that will be a good thing. Then, of course, there's a question of what we spend it on. Indeed. And what can, what can uh, we do 
the with the digital community at large, just your average Joe working in a digital agency or some something similar? Like, is the this this idea of like we we're, we're the people that do know stuff. We know we know how it works. We know how important it is. What should we be expected to do more than just do our jobs? I think I think fundamentally, you know, people need to understand why devolution is important. Devolution is important because the global economy is increasingly being mediated by cities and metro metropolitan areas. Um, the British cities are underperforming compared with their European, American, and Far Eastern counterparts because, largely, because they don't control their own budgets. You know. 80% of city budgets are being are controlled by central government. And so resources aren't allocated based on local knowledge. They're allocated from central, um, you know, central accounts and decision-making. So devolution is supposed to free up cities to invest in their own futures um, and, and also tie their futures more closely to their income, um, you know, through business rates um, and council tax. Um, so I think understanding that fundamentally, and then in in this particular region, you know, just trying at every opportunity to 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 kick the political movers and shakers to 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 work together, to to not be so parochial and think about the bigger picture and mm -hmm. think about how their decisions affect um, affect us in the stream of global commerce and 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 culture. Um, I think you know we we will now we will be competing as a metro area against Liverpool and against Manchester and against the West Midlands and, um, and you know Bristol and the and the southwest and um, you know they, they've had they've had mayors for for over a year and they're they're able to take the regional requirements and asks straight to, to government and say this is what you know this is what this is how we see our future. These are the resources we need. This is the deal that we want that we want doing, um, and building up that that trust. And I think it'll be very difficult for whoever's elected in South Yorkshire uh, in the combined authority if the the you know the platform they stand on is moving under them. Mm. Um, I think my other suggestion would be that. I know that sometimes it feels like we're forever being asked to fill in another survey or take part in another consultation or, you know, come to another event to collaborate on something. But And the engagement from the industry locally has been really good. I mean, just the engagement, say, in the uh, digital apprenticeship at Sheffield College, I've had marvellous response from employers and and feeling really positive about that. So I would say, you know, please do engage when we come out and ask you for what you think about something or, you know, ask you to get involved or to give us a little bit of data or a little bit of your perspective. Take the few minutes to do that because that gives us ammunition yeah. and that enables us to feel that we really are speaking on behalf of the industry and not just a few of the usual suspects. Yeah, it's not wasted effort. Not at all. Great. I think that probably wraps it up. I'm off to go and research whether Mel can say pisses me off in a podcast. <laughs> without Sorry. Without having to put the explicit tag on iTunes. Do, do, do I need to say it as well? Just so that... I think <laughs> if you say it three times, that's it, game over. Oh, and I, I actually censored myself down from what I really wanted to say. <laughs> All right, I think we should go boop, 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 boop. <laughs> I could put I could put like you a real long bleep. Me. Yeah, and then, and feel then, free to bleep me. <laughs> and then everyone might have just I might have to bleep myself then as well. Forget it. <laughs> this is gonna work. It's gonna be, it's gonna sound great. Time for some news, news and events. Uh, we start off with um, 
uh, well, the 5G bid, but also I spoke to uh, Mark Gannon uh, from Sheffield City Council on episode 13 of the podcast. So the one that came out two days ago as we record, in fact, yesterday as we record. Um, do you have any, have you listened to it? Yes. 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 Great. Um, That's good. <laughs> awesome. Really good. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. not starry, is it? Well <laughs> Feedback on my performance. <laughs> uh, what, what do you think to what he had to say? And and then I guess, Chris, if you can tell us more about the 5G stuff. Oh, gosh. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a really exciting thing. It's great that Sheffield City Council are, uh, are going after this. Um, I think, you know, I think as Mark said, it's only really possible for them to do this and, and you know, consider turning it round because the deadline's, you know, short. And it's obviously, you know, when you're bidding for between 70 and 100 million pounds, it's, you know, you need a pretty solid bid. Um, and I think they they were only consider doing this because of all of the work that we've done over the last year uh, with what has become Dot Chef and building a coalition and and having a, a network of leaders and people who know each other, who trust each other, who are able to commit resources. And um, I think it's great. I mean, you know, it would be absolutely unbelievable to win it. I mean, honestly, it would be like a total game changer to win it. Is the, is the, is the word Dot Chef part of the bid are we is the kind of the bid team explicitly talking about it as a, an entity and in that way uh yeah i don't know whether, whether that's going to find its way into the bid documentation itself i mean it, it may well do um obviously as mark said you know it, someone has nominated it for um for a digital leader award and it's in the final nominees so that's what um, i mean really it feels like it's starting to get momentum as yes. a thing, yeah you know? i think it definitely is a thing yeah. and and uh, yeah, the website is being prepared yeah i think we we need that website to happen that will yes. help it be a thing yes. it's, then we have something to point people towards yeah and explain it yeah. and, and and also a coordinator i mean you know mark, mark realizes that this needs in needs full-time coordination um but you know the, this is this is the this is one of the things that you know, we said we said after the um, Smart Sheffield report in 2015, and you know we've said for a, a long time that what the city needs is it, it needs to, to to make visible all the activity that's going on in in, in these areas, and that you know in, investing money in um, a, a facility that does that, yeah, you know, should have much much bigger effect. Obviously, I didn't really expect you know the first in, you know example of that to be bidding for a hundred million quids worth of public money i was expecting some smaller bits to come out of it than than the mother load (laughs) (laughs) but hey you know let's go for the mother load i mean you know that's just the way it's panned out and you said the, the 5g stuff is potentially huge in in what way uh well i mean it would be it would be the you know one one of the biggest 5G test beds on the planet um, for a technology that, um, amongst you know, 5G is a comp- kind of an interesting and complex technology because it's a lot of different kinds of communications protocol all wrapped up into one. Um, but obviously, the one that a lot of people talk about is the fact that it's it's always on very high bandwidth, um, so it's the infrastructure to actually implement. Um, or thing, autonomous vehicle and autonomous transport. So, you know, uh, having having objects out in the world that are ingesting, sensing, and communicating massive quantities of data about their surroundings and their status, and being able to um, ensure that all of that data is being communicated and transmitted and transferred and processed properly without any dropout. You know, it's quite an important aspect of. Um, enabling autonomous vehicles and autonomous transport. 
you know, um, so from city logistics to, you know, um, autonomous drones and, and public transport, you know, it's, it's the enabling thing for that. So that would almost, you know, immediately turn Sheffield into one of the world's most important test beds for, for that kind of technology. But I mean, 5G you know, also has a whole range of other applications. The, the bid itself um, asks for use cases. So we need to kind of predict and suggest things that we would, we would put it to use for. Um, but DCMS equally, you know, want it to be a place that people can try out things that no one's ever really thought of doing before. Um, so it would it would turn this the city uh, Sheffield as a city, and it's Sheffield out to Rotherham city centre. So mm -hmm. it's you know it's quite a, a large area. It would it would turn that into uh, an innovation powerhouse. You know, not just nationally but internationally. Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds better than good. Sounds awesome. <laughs> Um, yeah, so so there's a lot of people working very hard to uh, try and you know, to pull it together. Um, there's a Trello board that's gone out to a lot of the um, participants, and people are starting to feed information in. And it's a, good to know that a hundred million dollar bid can yeah. still be run by a Trello board. <laughs> <laughs> Free account, <isn't> it? <laughs> obviously. I mean, you know, who needs aging cards? Indeed, um, literally no one. <laughs> that's actually a good point. Um, so we published on the uh, on the blog this week uh, about uh, CTX, which is a kind of a startup and the tool itself that uh, Rory Gibson, a, a Sheffield Digital member, yep. has built. And he's um, um, he's uh, we, we've got that installed on the Slack community on the Slack. I don't know how you pronounce that. I have to say it, but on Slack. On Slack. On yes. Slack. On the Sheffield Digital Slack. Yeah, I've said Slack a lot there, but. Um, <laughs> Can you explain what that actually means and how people can oh, use so, it? So, so, so CTX is um, it's a, basically a search tool that uh, that will search across, um, sorry, cloud platforms. I'm sorry because I'm laughing because I'm eating a biscuit and I've got my microphone turned down, and you looked at me like I was going to say something when I, and I wasn't. Sorry, got totally Gary, I put off my game then. It's very scary watching you eat biscuits. <laughs> You're gonna have to cut this out, probably. <laughs> So, so CTX is a um, a search tool that allows you to search across um, different cloud platforms. Uh, initially, the kind of cloud platforms that development teams use: Jira, and GitHub, and Google Drive, Trello. Um, I don't think it's Trello. Slack. Is it? I thought it's not Trello. Not one of them. Well, Slack's definitely one of them. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, so. Rory has very kindly given us an instance of it and has opened it up to all of our membership who are on Slack, um, which will basically, if they, if they um, create an account on CTX and authenticate using their Slack credentials, then they will, um, they will basically get to a search box where they can search through um, all of the Slack messages going back past the 10,000 message limit on our free oh. version of Slack. Brilliant. So right it, it is Trello as well. I've just checked, by the way. Trello I was one. It was. I apologise. <laughs> but that's uh, really great because a lot yeah. of people have run into problems because we've got because the, they can't retrieve the messages. 10,000 yeah. limit. Yep. So that's that problem solved, hopefully. Yep. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so you can't you can't easily look back, but you can search back, if that yeah. makes sense. So as long as you can remember some aspect or some you know something that was mentioned in the conversation. Sure, or, you, or you can say, can anyone remember what the thing was that I should search for and, yes. and just go back? And that's really we good. We should write this up, shouldn't we, on how to do it? Definitely. Yeah. 
Um, but I mean, also, you know, I think ZTX is a great tool. There used to be a tool a long time ago called um, Q. or was Greplin before that, which allowed search um, across cloud platforms. And I used it all the time. Um, and they they kind of pivoted and, and disappeared. Um, but ZTX kind of basically does does what that used to do. So it's really useful to find stuff when you've got a big cloud of stuff. And obviously for GDPR purposes, if you want to find instances of someone's name or something like that, um, you can do it quite easily. Great. So good luck, Rory. Indeed. Yeah, I was going to say, it's great that uh, that uh, someone from Sheffield is doing it as well. Yeah. Um, business Cloud Roundtable. Yeah, so I was invited to um, a roundtable by KPMG and Business Cloud that I attended yesterday. Uh, Business Cloud, are, they're a publication, uh, sort of tech industry publication. So they, they publish a quarterly, free quarterly magazine um, and online um, and run events uh, about the UK tech industry. Um, and they they want to do more and get more stories from Sheffield. They, they, they want to do events in Sheffield um, to engage the local tech community and, and advocate on their behalf. Um, so they organized this, this round table with KPMG who also want to kind of support um, the tech industry here. And it was a really, it was, it was long. It was good. There was um, lots of interesting companies there. Um, you know, Sam Chapman from The Flow was there. Um, Laura Smith from Slanted Theory. Mm-hmm. Um, Plusnet were there. Uh, Azure IT were there. Um, mm-hmm. Freeze, you know, the U account were there. Um, yeah, it was, it was really good as well as, um, as well as some manufacturing representatives, um, it was it was a it was a really good conversation. I'm looking forward to seeing the write up. I'm, I'm not I'm not sure what kind of format it's going to be. I think they're going to write an article about the about the um, uh, about the lunch. Um, but Business Cloud also, you know, they want to run events and um, they're also interested in running stories um, that come out of our ecosystem. So um, I think we left it uh, as you know we'll we'll follow up and and there's opportunities for us to work with them and. Um, it was all very interesting. There's a lot of very good conversations about the kind of challenges that are facing uh, facing our companies, um, but also I think you know Business Cloud and KPMG. They've got a lot of insight into what's going on in other ecosystems as well. So you know, it would be nice to have follow up conversations with them and maybe write an article about that. Mm-hmm. Chris, I'm going to ask you about the UTC visits in a second, but Mel, but first, <laughs> Mel, first. the digital business drop in events. Okay, so uh, this is a Knowledge Transfer Network slash Innovate UK event. They do these all around the country, um, but mostly in London. (laughs) So it's really good that they're going to come and do one at Sheffield. It's at Sheffield Hallam. So it's an opportunity to come and hear about all the various um, funding opportunities that are available and also ask loads of questions. But you can also give a little pitch for your company. So they're looking for people to do little three-minute stand-ups. So a good networking opportunity, a good profile-raising opportunity, and a good opportunity to find out about Knowledge Transfer Network and Innovate UK funding. So that's um, Sheffield Hallam on the 10th of May. It's on our calendar, and uh, there's a link there to the Eventbrite. Uh, We've got a blog post about it on the site. We've also got a blog post. Um, the three-minute pitch, uh, as I understand it, is is kind of a first come first served kind of thing potentially on the day. I couldn't quite couldn't quite work that out. You could be right there. I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay, but it's definitely um, it's definitely first come first served. Whether that's you email in advance or on the day, I, I'm not quite sure. But yeah. getting quick is my point. Yeah. 
Um, UTC visits, Chris. Yeah, so um, as people probably know, uh, I'm um, I'm one of the directors of the University Technical College Multi Academy Trust. Uh, and the trust runs two secondary schools, one here in the city centre and one out at Olympic Legacy Park, um, both of which have computing related specialisms. So Olympic Legacy Park, the specialism is computing. Um, and uh, here in city, they do creative and digital media alongside engineering. Um, and I've had a, a bunch of meetings with them or I've been to a bunch of things um to do with them this week. Um, first of all, um, I had a lunch um, with uh, UTC City and uh, Dominic um, Hastings, who is the Deputy Director of the Department for Education. And we were talking about T-levels, which are the new um, qualification that the government is thinking about introducing, uh, which are technical levels. So A-level equivalents in technical subjects. Um, currently, the UTCs and other schools offer technical qualifications to A-level standard, um, that, but they're certified through other bodies. Um, but this would be like a, a national standard T-level. Um, but one of the components is um, employer engagement. So um, the deputy director was trying to understand whether it was feasible to include the level of employer visits or work placements that they're trying to build in. Um, and both us and the engineering people told them, no, you'd really struggle. And actually you'll probably put schools off um, uh, taking the standard on. Um, but what is important is to give kids exposure to the different skills and the different professions um, and what people actually do in those industries. So um, our recommendation was to change the stipulation in that to something that companies could offer by coming into the school rather than, I think it was 45 days of work experience mandated as part of a T-level, um, which would be very hard to do logistically. Um, and certainly easier in some sectors than others. Um, so so that was, yeah, so that was interesting. I think we kind of confirmed what they already thought, so that's maybe not such a bad thing. Um, and secondly, I was at the Olympic Legacy Park, who uh, on Wednesday opened their cybersecurity operations centre. So apparently there are two schools in the country now that have an, a cyber ops centre, two secondary schools, and one of them is in Sheffield. Um uh, and, and it's amazing. It's brilliant. They, they use, um, I think it's FireEye um, virtual um, uh, sort of threat simulation, um, but they've got a fully fledged, fully specced op center there. They've got a dirty network next door. They've got, um, they've got all the software they need uh, and they're working with partners, you know, any cybersecurity partners that want to get involved in working with the kids. They're working with Hallam as well. Um, try, I tried to get them um in you know put them in touch with the guys at, at um uh, steelcon which is in july i think this year um so that's great so the kids are uh, and they're they're, they're going to start offering an a-level equivalent in cybersecurity from september onwards so that's one of the options that the computing kids have got at, at uh, post 16 is a, a one-year qualification to a level standard in cyber um, so that's great. That's alongside all the robotics and the physical computing and um, and all the other stuff that they do. Uh, I love that place. Um, uh, and the other thing is uh, I've been talking to um, the city campus here about um, their creative and digital media students. Um, every year, their year 10s um, go away on a camp 
or the engineering year 10s go away on a camp to the AMRC during transition week, which is the first week of July. Uh, and every year, um, the creative and digital media year 10s don't have anywhere to go. And they're always saying, well, how come the engineering kids all get to go away on a camp and we don't get to go away on a camp? And of course, the AMRC have got, you know, all of this stuff set up for it. Um, and so I was talking to, um, so me and Mark Cocken, who's the deputy principal at City of, and, and, uh, and Rob Walker as well, we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to concoct like a, a camp for, there's about 20 to 30 year 10s. I'm not exactly sure how many are going to be um, Could you do a City it. tour? Could you like expect to go go to sort of five or six? Yeah, exactly. That's so so so. There's a bunch of stuff on that week. So it's it's Games Britannia the week before. It's um, it's the CMC that week. It's Digifest on the Monday. Um, if we can if we can get them out and station them somewhere and give them the task of documenting their week on Instagram or something, um, and you know get other get local um, content companies um, to get involved in them or take them on a tour of the city to go and visit, um, you know five six uh, studios. Um, I think that would be brilliant. It would it would totally change um, their motivation. I think and make them feel as valued as the engineering kids are. So you could. Break the if there's like twenty to thirty of them, break mm. them up into smaller groups. Yes, and then have a week's worth so that every day they're going to a different business. Yeah, and the businesses are seeing a different group every day. Yeah, that will work really it's something well. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I like it. I, I can't. I can't fit that many in my shed. <laughs> well, no. I mean, this is always the problem <laughs> because most, most most studios are quite small. Obviously, we've got yeah. places like J Wing that could you know put all. 25 or whatever up mm. for a day but then we've got lots of smaller companies as well so so maybe it's a question of having some of the smaller agencies if if they're willing to come in and just do a little master class or yeah. talk or show some work or something to wherever they're based but for some of the larger companies for groups of you know five or six to go and visit um so i i, I i'm basically looking for anyone interested in getting involved in that and we're putting a little plan together um and i'll try and uh, figure out a way that people can see what we're planning and feed into it sounds great events upcoming events should we rattle through these we are clocking. The, the longest podcast ever longest podcast ever we're clocking up the minutes um so i uh, will go through these quickly stop me if there's anything you particularly want to say about any of these events we have um, on the 1st of May, .NET Chef, so a regular monthly event. Same for WordPress Shepherd, which is on the 8th of May. Uh, also on the 8th of May, we have Def Chef. They're going to be talking about audio synthesis in F-sharp with John Stoven. On the 10th of May, we have the digital business drop-in that Mel's just talked about. Uh, on the 10th and 11th, it's the Mozilla Global Sprint at University of Sheffield. 14th of May, Smart Sheffield May Meetup, Connecting with Citizens. Anything, Chris, or just the fact that that exists and it's happening? It is happening, yes. Great. On the 20th of May, it's the second Smart City Internet of Things hackathon. We talked about that in detail on episode 12. Um, so the second one of those. On the 22nd of May, it is the Benchmark Business Breakfast, and it's the War for Talent. Which sounds like it's overstating it lightly, but it's uh, <laughs> but it's important. Um, Leg Up Social is on the 24th of uh, May. And then we have, on the same day, Three Space Knowledge Center for 3D Imaging Launch Evening. Anything about that? Was it no, it one? sounds really cool. I need to check that one out. Great. And then on the 31st of May, 
it's uh, front end Sheffield, which is which is is away and off. That was the first one in January, and yeah. uh, seemed to be going great guns. And keep brecky every fr- every Friday at nine a.m. Yes, keep brecky every Friday at nine a.m. <laughs> <laughs> we were there this morning. There was about six or seven of us. Fantastic. Um, and before we go, a big thank you to our members. We've had um, some new members since the last time we spoke. We have uh, Tutiful, who have become company members. That's great news. Thank you very much to those uh, folks for joining us. And we have Shayla Ali and Michelle Fadder, who are both uh, now individual members. So thank you to thank you to them too. Um, and I think that's about it. Apart from to say subscribe, subscribe on the internet in iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocketcast, Castro, whichever podcast app you want to subscribe in. And um, you can find out more at sheffield.digital slash podcast. That's it. We'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.